0: Hi everyone, welcome to the first ever Anime Feminist podcast. My name's Amelia, I'm the editor-in-chief at AnimeFeminist.com, and I'm joined by members of the Anifem team, Caitlin Moore, Lauren Orsini, and Peter Phobian. You guys want to introduce yourselves?
1: Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, In addition to working with uh, Anifem, I'm the owner and writer for the blog, I have a heroin problem. Heroin is spelled with an E. Uh, I've been watching anime for about 17 years, and I've been doing a feminist analysis of anime for about two and a half or three years.
2: Hi, I'm Lauren. When I'm not writing at Anime Feminist, I write for my own blog, Otaku Journalist, my Gundam blog, Gundam 101, and I also do reviews for Anime News Network. My favorite kinds of anime are sports anime and, of course, mecha
3: anime. Okay. I'm Peter Phobian, I'm a contributor at NFM, and I'm also an associate features editor for Crunchyroll.
0: That was very succinct. <laughs> right.
3: Short
0: and sweet. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to follow up on a post that we put up in January, which ranked all the season premieres of the currently airing season of anime. And we're going to look only at the top 10 in the rankings and see which ones people are still watching, which you've dropped, and why. There's about, I think, four or five episodes now for everything. So I think we have a pretty good idea of what we're interested in. So we're going to start at number 10, which was in the problematic that might improve category. And number 10 is Eld Live, which I know you were looking forward to, Peter. How do you feel about it now?
3: Oh, um, <laughs> cutting good deep start. right from the get go. Yeah, I I really like the art style in the manga, um, but I'm not seeing. I think I've I pretty much dropped it after this latest episode. Uh, it just it it seems like a, a Kodomo anime or something like that. Um, a lot of the um, themes are very kind of heavy handed. Like uh, in the third episode, I, he was doubting himself. So uh, does it has anybody else been watching the show or watched the first episode?
0: I got oh, no. as far as the okay. second episode. All right, so
3: Dolo, the, the the little alien inside his body, like becomes transparent, and he says, "It's because you're doubting yourself." Like, <laughs> like okay, well. <laughs> and then, and then Anime he. Anime be- logic. Yeah, yeah. So later on, he becomes solid once he, you know, he gets his confidence back, and then he went, "I became solid again because you got your confidence back." And I was like, "Okay, I, I, I after it was explained to me." I got it, but <laughs> I don't. Well,
1: how how old is the uh, intended audience?
3: <laughs> um, I I wasn't quite sure on that because I I heard the uh, different things about the manga, but it seemed uh, from like the visuals and everything, it seems like a very a young show. So I guess I can't mm. blame it for being like that.
1: Yeah. To the kind of but... age
0: that still likes looking at underwear, though, since every five minutes they're blowing up yes. that girl's skirt.
3: I guess maybe that's yeah. what what fooled me because there's so yes. much. There's so much fan service, despite that everything else.
0: I've been reading Bakuman.
1: I have a a new series about why people are not as bothered about fan service uh, in Japan as they are here, Mm -hmm. and it is because uh, Shonen Jump series aimed at like eight-year-olds will have like panty shots and stuff like that. Like if you read Weekly, like Weekly Shonen Jump has fan service oriented series in it so they get desensitized to it from a very young age and eventually it's just like eh. if you I like it you like it if you don't then whatever um so yeah like this is just fan fan service who cares eight year olds <laughs> will still watch it
3: i guess it's very i, I think maybe they consider it unoffensive but yeah I don't know, but despite that, I really I like Sonokata as a character. I, I think, I mean, yes. despite, despite the fact that she spends most of her time trashing Chuta, uh, I don't know. She's very self-confident, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, her insults are pretty good, too. So maybe I do like that <laughs> part.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. number nine, Masamune-kun's Revenge. I
2: keep telling myself I'm going to stop watching this, <laughs> <laughs> but I keep watching it. Help
0: me.
3: I don't know. Well, no, I, don't... I
0: think... That's been exactly my experience, actually. Are you guys caught up? I, yes. Yep.
3: Okay.
2: And it's just everyone's so terrible. Just every character. You think you've found someone to root for, and then you
0: you have not. But see, it kind of has that always sunny in Philadelphia appeal for me, where everyone <laughs> yes. is so dislikable. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That it makes it very entertaining. And I've, I've got a lot more into it since realizing I'm not expected to like anybody, and that's fine.
3: Well and like his plan was obviously awful but it's also yes. like set up set up to fail. So Yes, exactly. Yeah, pretty so, much
1: like are they likable but also just incredibly incompetent? Cuz that's that's part <laughs> of always Sunny. That's uh, an amazing yes.
2: combination. Yes. Yeah, every exactly plan it. just goes awry.
3: <laughs> yeah, they could it's literally be See? doing nothing and accomplishing more.
2: I mean, yes. yeah, as yeah. Masamune Kun's revenge continues, it seems like everyone has a terrible plan. Just every character has this really bad plan, and it's going to fail because they're a bad person.
0: Um, And it's very entertaining to watch. It really is. I mean, Masaminikun's idea was that he would just show up and be hot, and this girl would fall for him. And the fact that she's making him work so hard for it, it's like, that's exactly how it would be, of course. He's shown up with absolutely no interest in her. And when she confronts him about it, he just can't think of anything to say to her. It's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it, actually. Yeah. He has
2: not thought this plan through. Like, at all. You would have thought at at some point he would have to think of what he likes about her. Yes.
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: Well, that seems to be You're... the problem with his plan is that he actually genuinely still likes her. That's the problem. Because he wants to just trash her life, right? So, and then he's like...
0: That's what he says, isn't it? Uh, but
3: he's not
0: doing a very good job of it. I mean, if his plan works, then she's going to end up with a boyfriend who's the hot new transfer student. So... It's not the greatest plan to ruin his life. Well, and, and Yoshino's, life, sorry.
3: Yoshino's only helping him because she says getting broken up with will be good for Aki. It'll help her out. Yeah. So that's why I'm helping you. So, we'll awful plan. Pretty bad plan.
0: Okay, number eight, Fuka. Ugh. Anyone still watching this? <laughs> <White> <laughs> earth.
3: uh? I just, uh, well, the first episode was just, like, Panty Shot City. And, yes. uh, also, uh, well, I guess I'm I'm a little uh, shy, maybe prejudice is the right word because uh, I kind of know a bit about where the story goes, and right. this this it's like it falls into my like laziest melodrama category of writing, uh, so I I like was completely uninvested in watching it.
0: And that's a twist that's coming up that we have to wait and see. Apparently, people who've read Fuka the manga I think have been quite coy about it for a few weeks now and everyone like me I have no idea what's coming um, but I'm not really looking forward to it so sticking with it until then and see what happens I guess I
3: um, might my, my so, yeah, personal... just... go for it
0: um,
1: I'm not watching Fuka but I am just I don't know the twist but I'm just looking forward to the inevitable fallout when the twist comes because I just love Seeing people get really upset about <laughs> <laughs> about media that I don't care about. <laughs> oh, the re-zero effect. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of terrible that way. um <laughs>
0: but you're I'm, watching I, ReZero 0 now so you will care soon too yeah you'll know oh what that means.
1: god i hate that i'm starting to care about ReZero. <laughs> that is the ReZero effect right there oh
0: i hate it <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm right there with you though i'm i'm watching fuca closely just because i want to see the reaction by people my theory is that it's going to lose a lot of viewers um but th- everybody else is just going to be screaming and i think it'll be pretty fun <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. Next on the list, number seven, Saren. Anyone still watching?
3: Yes. Oh,
0: I am. But Amelia, I think you
2: said recently that you couldn't bring yourself to watch episode four because the whole appeal of Saren is that Suneki is fantastic, and well, also the writing is very clever. But now I'm like, ah, I got so invested in Suneki, exactly. And now I don't. I don't even know who the new person is the new love interest and i but i, don't I know...
0: hate her already <laughs>
2: because she's not Tsunaki. Oh. yeah so i just have been a little resistant to starting the new arc but that's how these shows go
0: i there's... mean this is a problem with this kind the, of format um... isn't it mm-hmm. um, apparently there's a, a romance writing piece of advice which is when you write a romance story the first couple you see together will kind of imprint on you Uh. And if you want to set the person up with someone else, you have to work doubly hard to kind of get the the readers or the audience invested in that new relationship. But Seiren and anime uh, like it do that on purpose. And I think it works if it's based on a game that has that kind of branching format. But Seiren's not, is it?
2: But, you know, that's what's so good. I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's something good (laughs) about Jinjo Romantica, which is bad in pretty much every other way. But I like We've... that they show three different arcs. <laughs> we brought you into in the bad
0: different... opinions I can see. <laughs>
2: yeah. All three different love stories, but with three different couples. And it's it's easier because I can know at least that the couple I liked is still together.
0: Right. So if Sainem were now looking at a secondary character and pairing them up with a different girl. Mm-hmm. That would work much better, right?
2: Yeah. I'd like to see like the main character's best friend who's really into studying hook up mm-hmm. with someone
0: maybe. Yep, yeah, well, equal.
3: Also, it's sort of implied that, like, at the end of the fourth episode that they get together in the end, like, after, you know, because she goes abroad. And then, yes. like, the 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 final thing is, like, four years later, she comes back and the and he's working at the restaurant that she used to work at. So no matter what happens in the next eight episodes, you're always wondering if that's the ultimate end anyway. So it's, I guess most of it is just surrounding him instead of Suneki, who I think was the standout character, really.
0: She was great. And we've got, um, I think you talked, Peter, about the kind of way that etchy is presented in this one.
3: Oh, yeah. It's uh, I it's it's so weird because it, it looked like it was setting itself up to be a really fan service heavy series. And there's a lot of like sexual content, but it's all in the form of like jokes and dialogue. So it reminded me of like a, an American sex comedy kind of instead of just like constant panty flashes. She's just talking about the raunchy sex that they're not actually having. Yes,
2: <laughs> I thought that was so funny that her reaction to people being like, "Oh, Seneki," Sune- people think you're kind of a slut, and she's like, "Oh, let me tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> let me own that." Yeah,
3: I was so surprised when that happened. Uh, it, I mean, it was hilarious, but I like I couldn't believe that somebody like I, I haven't seen a character like that. I don't think ever in anime before.
0: Yeah, twelve it. episodes of her would have been great.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Uh, and I love their friend, the furry the playing rabbit oh that one <laughs> what the
3: heck was that <laughs> that was weird
0: okay Just... we're in the next category now i think which is recommended with caveats and mm. the the next in the list for that is gabriel dropout is anyone still watching that yeah.
2: oh i am i you current yeah
0: what do you it's like Lauren about it
2: talking okay what do i like about it Uh, It's just one of those shows that I can just turn off my brain with. I really like basic Moe shows. They're just cute girls doing cute things that (laughs) I can just totally unwind with. Another example of a show that's very similar to this, I think, is Engaged to the Unidentified, which was just about a a bunch of girls doing random stuff, often not very well.
3: Kind of a lucky star thing.
0: yeah, a little bit
2: Lucky Star.
0: Does Gabriel dropout count as Moy? I think it does, because... Um,
2: you. Well, at least Satania.
3: I do like gap Gab, Gab I- Moe. I do feel that way about Satania. I guess I well, uh, I have a, like a weakness in series. If I see somebody eating alone in a stairwell, I just it's just in, <laughs> instant instant empathy for that character. I don't know what it is, but I, oh, I, we're I, I your into moe.
0: now,
1: <laughs>
3: Except for Ray and March comes in like a lion and I don't know why. But uh no, that
1: that's just
0: your Moe, Peter. Yeah, I <laughs> that's, guess that's that's, what that's, what that's, that's my moe. moe. I don't know,
3: it's just so sad. But like okay, after anyone that,
0: who sees Peter eating alone in a stairwell and Crunchyroll, please eat with yeah, him. Be generous. <laughs>
3: But yeah, now, now I like, I am I want, I don't know. I don't know what I want for Satania. She's kind of bad, but uh, I I hope she doesn't get ostracized or anything like that by the other girls, I guess.
2: I love characters with terrible personalities, especially when they think they're great. <laughs>
0: well,
3: <that's laughs> Inside <her. laughs> into Lauren's psyche now. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. That's my Moe. That's what I love about Satania.
3: Yeah, I think she's kind of the, the biggest character so far. You thought it would be gabriel but satania is just always the the like focus of all the jokes
0: Mhm. i mean i stopped watching it after the first episode has there been any kind of story development or is it still very much like that that four panel kind of humor
2: there's a little bit of how we met among the girls like um gabriel and uh what is the demon's name vignette i don't know how they pronounce it's- it but it looks like
3: vignette or vignette uh vignette is how vignette
2: okay yeah i i thought that was pretty interesting because they were explaining how they met and um the other angel's like oh yeah uh uh-huh uh-huh and satania's like wait a moment just over and over so she's the i guess she's the bokeh
3: well they were describing (laughs) how gabrielle used to be a good girl and she couldn't believe it Uh because yeah
2: she just could not get over it
3: yeah
0: okay and speaking of good girls who are bad (laughs) saga of tanya the evil who's watching me me lauren caitlin
1: uh no wow it's not really it didn't look like my scene so well
2: yeah one it didn't look like my scene and two the stuff that peter's saying about it where people are like is tanya the evil bad and people are mad that you suggested
3: that? Well, I think my my concern is that there are people who are watching this who don't realize that Tanya is an awful person. Uh, it, it's <laughs> Isn't just it not.
2: in the title?
3: Uh, yeah, but I don't know.
1: That that's always the problem when you have shows about, you know, terrible people like yo. Know, we see it here with like Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Like, yes. If even and Gundam, if they're written, actually, yeah. Um, if in, even in, if they're supposed to be awful, like. If you make them look cool, people will aspire to that, which is, you know, unfortunate because I think I want there to be room for that sort of
2: character. Um, but in Gundam, the bad guys are literally Nazis, but we're like, they're so cool. Yeah. yeah.
3: The char effect.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think uh, for watching the series for me is kind of like watching uh, there will be blood or I guess a more uh, relevant uh, thing to say would be Death Note cuz it's like you really want them to fail but it's really fun to watch them succeed
0: This is well, Tanya I... Yes Tanya's think... succeeding but she succeeds. sorry go ahead kind of. Uh
1: I mean I've I've got a big bone to pick with the uh, Oba Obada creative team cuz honestly <laughs> like I I I think that they think their characters are great and brilliant and even though you know they're bad like they uh still write them aspirationally i don't know i don't, I don't like those guys so
0: <laughs> it sounds entirely reasonable from the scams you put up on twitter yeah yeah i think for for me for tanya the appeal is the fact that you've got her internal monologue where she is still this middle-aged salesman <laughs> when she's still like sucking up to her superiors and she's still kind of thinking about how she can get a cushy job away from the front lines and she just keeps shooting herself in the foot and ending up further and further away from what she actually wants and it turns into a bit of a comedy character which i wasn't expecting from a show called saga of tanya the evil
3: yeah i, I think that's the that she's finding success but not in the direction that she wants it <laughs> no, exactly
0: yeah. i just wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that she's i mean people talk about how she's a lolita character like mm-hmm. have you guys heard this kind of this uh this view of the series the impression i got is that people are referring to tanya as lolita just because she's a young girl and that doesn't really sit right with me
3: because but she's actually a middle-aged salesman
0: she's actually i mean she's she's as far from like you know an a- appealing young girl as possible i mean she's very young she's like she wears completely masculine clothes. She wears a military uniform in her head. She's a man. She's not even a nice man. Um, And I think that they've just gone out of their way to try and make her unappealing. But the response is still, she's Lolita because she's young.
3: Yeah. I I do. There's kind of like, she's like fascinatingly strange. It's kind of like watching. There's like so many like feelings I get watching the show. Like it kind of feels like a Chucky movie, like child's play. Just yeah. with how hor- like this little like doll like creature murdering people uh, and these like horrifying she- expressions yeah. she makes and stuff. I yeah, I don't really I don't I guess like physically just body wise she meets that aesthetic. But and I guess that one episode they made her kind of dress up in a goth lolly dress. But, but her yeah.
0: face was horrified. Yeah, yeah. In that. <laughs> she looked appalled.
3: Well, you watched the latest episode, too, right? Yes. Where she, yeah. uh, they, they fulfill their military obligation of warning them that they're about to carpet bomb them by yeah. Tanya getting on <laughs> in an acute anime girl voice saying, like, we're going to proceed with bombardment. <laughs> so and just glaring at all
0: of her inferiors. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, mean, I guess
3: that's part of the joke, but maybe not everybody's in on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's interesting to note that they're not doing anything with the gender aspect. We get no sense that this man is uncomfortable in the body that he's in now. That's well, not even a factor. His aim is just to get that kind of success and recognition regardless of the body he's in. And he sees the the fact that he's in this body of a, what is she, 10, 8?
3: Uh, a very like young girl. 12, I think. Oh, she's 12. like that. Okay, sorry. Because they said Oops. it's been 10 years.
0: Okay. Well, then she's he's in this kind of 12-year-old's body. And the only thing that concerns him about that is that she has to work harder to get respect. But other than that, there's absolutely no exploration whatsoever of, like, what it means for a man to be in a woman's body. So this isn't remotely related to trans issues.
3: Uh, yeah, I think they've steered pretty clear of that. Age is also Very like clear. a big. I think a lot just as often as they say you're a girl, they they always say you're a little girl because uh, so they're also just referring to the fact that she's like one third their size and probably <laughs> shouldn't be this smart or cruel. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's also weird.
0: Okay, the next one in the list is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Which I know a few of us are watching. Who's watching it?
3: I'm watching oh, it. Oh, I watching
1: am. It.
0: Yep.
3: I think that's one of the most popular series this season.
0: Yeah, I think so. So why why are people enjoying it? Give us your thoughts.
2: It fills the hole that Yuri on Ice left. <laughs> I wouldn't
1: quite put it um, at, that, at that for me. But, you know, it's, it's cute. It's fun. Um it's it it doesn't feel exploitative of the characters generally Mm -hmm. um like that that's always sort of my my litmus like do I feel like the characters are being exploited or for like the viewer or do I feel like you know they are um you know doing things in their own god I'm not wording this well um, do their actions make sense for who they are, um, and more or less as people, um, and that's sort of, uh, how I feel about Kobayashi, um, they, they, they act more or less like people with some
0: exaggeration, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as cartoony as I was expecting, for sure. Like, yeah, even though she's Yeah, she's a mature character. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: it's just but, a very entertaining
0: sitcom. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it kind of hits that Seiren thing, too, where there's there are a lot of sex jokes, but a lot of them are just based on how perverted Toru is and not necessarily... I mean, there are parts where she just, like, strips for no reason, uh, which are not... No, nah, it's a mixed bag, but... Um, yeah just a lot of it's like her Sniffing her clothes and stuff
0: Yeah I hated <laughs> yeah. I hated The stripping scene in uh, uh, episode one The stripping scene wasn't good yeah. It wasn't good But they're, they're um, out,
3: they haven't done that again I don't think
0: I think they referenced it uh, It seems like it's just something that Kobayashi does When she's drinking Oh um, yeah When Toru stripped
2: herself And is like brand me Yeah, what <laughs> that was... Was... What a joke
0: but other than that I mean I I don't have an issue with the fan service part of it as well which usually obviously that's something that really gets to me but in this series it isn't because they've they've kind of presented it as dragons show up with big breasts because they can kind of choose how they look and <laughs> they may be tra- aiming for human and getting it like not a little bit wrong but a little bit exaggerated so it's uh not it doesn't bother me at all which has surprised me I think
3: yeah, a big theme is like dragons just trying to figure out what yes. what's up with humans. So yeah,
0: and everything about what that is exaggerated. Is up with humans?
2: Sorry, what is up with humans? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why we find this so if, funny.
3: Well, Only we knew. <laughs> that's why I really liked the last episode because it just focused on Kana deciding to go to school because she was interested, yes. I guess. And uh, then they, they they actually like that episode had a lot of really good dialogue because at first they talk about. Uh, They have that thing with Kobayashi and Toru where they're talking about being different, how if you stand out, you might get like taken down. And uh, then later on, Toru's talking with Kana about uh, like the dangers of maybe getting too invested in humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, And she like, uh, I can't remember quite how she said it. Kana said she wanted to share in their experiences. um, But I guess that typically doesn't work out well for dragons who get too close to a human. So, like, they – I don't know. There's a lot of – you could tell the author thought about it a lot. It's not just, yeah. like, face-level, a lot of fan service jokes. It's kind of like there's some deeper thought in between the jokes as well.
2: Yeah, I guess it makes sense that this came from a light novel. Like, that it started with the writing first. Oh, was it
1: a oh, was light it? novel
3: first? I thought it was a four-panel.
2: Oh, I thought it was a light novel it's, first. There, there's definitely a I just bought a the manga. light novel because I thought – okay, I know there's a manga – But I bought the um, light novel because I was, I thought that was the original. All right. Well, there is an easy solution to this
1: problem. (laughs) Somebody use to the internet. To the internet. Uh, Let's see. It is originally um, manga. There are a couple of manga. (gasps) Did not know. Wikipedia doesn't say anything about a light novel.
0: What we can
3: did probably buy?
2: see that's an uh, adaptation, then. <laughs> did I buy a manga?
3: Gonna get a, a random Z's? light novel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a...
2: Oh my god, like a Chinese knockoff light yeah. novel? <laughs> <Fan> novel. <laughs> Everyone's like, Miss Kobayashi is so popular, I'll write a light novel. It's like a dragon
3: servant, and they just reach, like, change the title over. And they send it out. Hong Kong I'll let you know what I get. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, the next one in the list, uh, Akka13. Who's watching this? I am. Uh, I'm like, I'm watching it. It's so good. Why are you watching it? Why is it good? Uh <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. It's so um... hard to decide, isn't it? Like to define why it's good. What's what's so great about it? Why are we all glued to it? Yeah. Um I think I think the universe
1: has a lot to do with it. Like the very um like the the way the character the way it's structured and the main character's job makes it very easy to um have a lot of world building without it feeling uh shoehorned in um so i think a lot of the world building and like the different between the difference between all of the districts um for one thing um creates a a sense of like a really uh, expansive country um and then there's a sort of slow burn plot about the coup going Um, You know, so there's this sense that, like, even under a peaceful exterior, like, there's something desperately, desperately wrong there.
0: Um, You want to find out what's going on. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I like the fact that they're being so imaginative with the different districts as well. Like, each Mm -hmm. one is so different and it's so creative. I was not expecting that at all, especially from a series that's essentially about an auditor, right? Yeah. He just travels around auditing people's records. And they've turned it into this really wonderful kind of fantasy.
3: Yeah, I was not expecting redcoats in the latest episode. No. <laughs> but uh, it's so well done. I think uh, while there is a lot of obvious um, just like an information dump like that, uh, like a lot of as you knows. And they did that one thing where they were teaching the kids. Although so. I, I think that was actually a little bit clever, because if, the, if they're trying to imply that the state's a little bit totalitarian, of course, they would be giving kids that kind of, like, like washed down education. Um, very, like, propagandized, I guess. Uh, but in the first episode, I noticed a lot of things they were doing to kind of make things seem uncertain, because you kind of learn that, uh, I guess it, it's Gene, uh, he didn't want to be in the job that he was, even though he was so mm-hmm. good at it, and seemed didn't seem to not enjoy it either. Um, and then you learn that he tried to transfer, but it's been rejected, uh, and he's really good at his job, but people also don't trust him, but then he's also, like, sharing cigarettes with, like, two of the, the five chiefs, so it's, it's, you're getting all this conflicting information about the character, which it yeah. kind of, like, draws you in very, like, unconsciously, mm-hmm. too.
1: Yeah, it's, it's um, definitely a lot of complicated dynamics going on, um,
0: but in a very subtle way.
1: It's
3: really how, do we too. Feel,
0: how do we feel about the female characters in it because on one end of the spectrum we've got Moth who is oh the director general <laughs> of the entire organization <laughs> oh, and then on the so other awesome. hand and then on the other hand we've got these three girls in the office who mm-hmm. whose job seems to be to eat cake. Yeah,
1: yeah, um I'm trying not like it's it's so minor um the girls in the office like that I try not to think about it too much. Um, I try to just let it slide. It does bother me a little bit that, like, the girls there don't really seem to take their jobs as seriously as the guys. Um, and they're just kind of silly background dressing. Um, yeah, it's it's such a minor thing. Um, and it really only bothers me when they're on screen. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> it only bothers me when they're on screen. Yes, <laughs> that makes sense.
3: And yeah, they're very like Arakawa esque those three, um, but uh, I lot I'm is also a pretty. I guess I don't want to say a major female case. She hasn't really done much yet, but I am like constantly concerned for her now, because she's got rail <laughs> like stalking <laughs> yeah, her basically, and then she goes to the castle and it looks like both the prince and the king took notice of her, and now the prince has a guy in a car following her around. Like during the castle episode, I was just like, she needs to get out of here. Like this is this is not safe. Uh, so I don't know, it, but besides that, she basically kind of fills the role of the the three girls because most of the time when you see her, she's just eating something really delicious <laughs> looking. So I, I don't know what quite what to think of that character, I guess.
1: Um, by the way, I think it's um, Lottie or Lada.
3: Lotta. I, yeah, I, 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 I for some yeah. reason I can't remember how they pronounce it. I just know it's L O T T E.
1: Yeah, I
0: think they pronounce. I think they say Lada.
3: Okay, mistaken, And sorry. how about
0: how about Mauve? Everyone. Oh. Has feelings about Mo. Really
3: cool. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> I think
1: a lot of us have feelings about Mo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's. Can I be her when I grow up? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: There's I'm, still time. Uh, there's, there's always still time. time, right?
0: I'm not thirty <laughs> yet.
3: So what doing. are our,
0: like, what are your hopes for her for the rest of the season then? Um, I am, see, uh, you know, I'm seeing, um,
1: hmm shes she has a lot going on she um she definitely has a uh a finger on the pulse of what's happening but she also seems a little bit um standing back from it so like i have i have no idea what's going to happen in this series I have no predictions whatsoever um so I hope to see her like you know having some sort of, you know, being directly involved in the plot, but how exactly? I have no idea.
3: They definitely laid the groundwork for her to be, like, a super proactive character. Um, Mm -hmm. The, the, like, the meeting they had, the dinner, could have just been sort of expositional in that it got us to, like, sort of start thinking about what Jean would have ended up doing anyway. Um, But assuming they just continue with that plot, uh, I mean, she's pretty high up, so... um, I guess it just depends on how if Jean continues to, like, report back to her and what she does with the information, I am mm-hmm. hopeful. By the
1: way, I just want to add, it was so adorable how overwhelmed Jean is <laughs> yeah. by how hot she is. Yeah,
3: yeah that, was, that was, like, you, I don't think anything has riled him up except for that yet. <laughs> like, he, he literally got kidnapped and tied to a chair, and he was just completely <laughs> flat affect. But then he, like, she was in the evening gown, at the entrance to the restaurant and he couldn't he couldn't handle it (laughs) what did he say i'm so thankful i didn't quit which is uh, (laughs) the exact opposite of what he's been saying for the rest of the series
1: just like curled up on the floor of this fancy (laughs) restaurant (laughs) just can't even
0: deal with
3: it yeah stuff like that i think that's what makes akka really entertaining it's just so charming like that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah okay now we're moving into the outright recommendations Part. now this hmm. is outright recommendations based on the premiere alone that may have changed mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> hmm. number two number two on change. the list was scum's wish who is watching scum's wish i am watching scum's wish yeah i'm watching am i the Peter only Cayman. one watching scum's wish no nope, uh, i'm watching
3: i i haven't bought anime strike so i have not watched it yet
2: I really Is need to buy Anime context? Strike. At first I was <laughs> mad cuz I'm like how dare they charge me $5 <laughs> and then I was like I have $5. Yeah. So I will.
1: Um I I just have a friend who's account sharing cuz I I don't even have Amazon Prime. I have no intention of getting Amazon Prime. Mm. Um but yeah, so thankfully like thanks to this incredibly trusting friend to share his Amazon Prime account um, I am able to watch scum's wish without uh, committing a crime
0: I, I <laughs> and in believe... the UK it's uh, it's through Amazon Prime without anime strike
3: okay
0: fine. I, I mean I pay for Amazon prime but yeah I don't have to pay extra
3: for mm-hmm. my anime well, prime's a good deal I don't think I don't think any of us are gonna argue against that <laughs> I, I have Shilling a, the for manga, Amazon that's interesting <laughs> I, I think I'm further than the anime just based on my manga reading though so
0: yeah I've read I've read up to date in the manga. I read it before watching the show which actually was the only one that I went into actually knowing something about it
3: mm-hmm. and
0: I was just I was blown away by the manga. I read it all through in a day and then I was so pleased to see that the anime seemed to be mostly faithful. To the manga. and Not just its content but also its style. And its tone. I think it's adapted it really sensitively to that. Anyone else? Uh, Yeah Yeah, I haven't been reading the manga. But um,
1: talking about the tone. um, I've only seen. One other thing. What is the director's name? Um, I've only seen one other thing. That he's made. Which is School Live. Which doesn't seem like. Um my usual sort of thing because it's uh, Moe girls with zombies Um, but the direction was so well handled in the first episode that it really grabbed me Um, and I just sort of kept going with it and really enjoying it so, oh, Masaomi Ando so yeah, like i'm I think the direction um has been really excellent um, and that's uh definitely part of it.
0: How do we feel about the representations of sexuality, which is pretty much what scum's wish is uh any thoughts
1: it It helps that like everyone <laughs> everyone is miserable. <laughs> so when <laughs> so when the lesbian is miserable it doesn't like mis- miserable gay-, gay characters are like such an overdone trope but since everyone is miserable um it makes sense that the lesbian is also miserable uh, <laughs> it's a quality at uh, et- i should call her by her name that's et- uh, it makes sense that at is also totally miserable um And it doesn't feel like, oh, well, of of course she would be miserable. She's in love with her straight best friend,
0: um, which is so overdone. I mean, in this instance, she's just one of multiple characters who can't be with the person they they truly love and get their love in return. Um, At the same time, I I'm very interested to know what our lesbian readers might think of her kind of living out this trope of being surrounded by people who maybe dilute the effect. I'm not sure any of us can really comment on that. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's certainly a valid point that it's its not, like, she's not standing out that much in the situation. But, I mean, the story is so close to the beginning. They're getting through it really quickly, but there's so much more to happen. I'm really interested to see how they actually develop this for a closed 12-episode series.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I well. can't say, it was, it was hard to read uh like not because it was yeah. bad or anything like that but just because it, yeah, everybody it seems like if you you're, like in this world loving somebody pretty much is always the most inconvenient person you could possibly be attracted <laughs> to and it doesn't seem like anybody's really coping well with it uh and they're all doing these very like destructive uh things to try to i guess compensate for the fact that they'll never find happiness <laughs> so um
1: what do you guys I quite think like the, the character- factor uh no go ahead, Melia. no, no,
0: no, it's okay what is it which which um, character uh mocha
1: what do you guys think of the character mocha
0: oh, that's the little girly one isn't it with
3: the, the yeah the of... princess the princess yeah
0: i can't stand her but <laughs> 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 that kind of character i I really struggle with um in general, and at the moment they haven't really done anything with her, so she feels a bit like. It feels like bit throwing in this extra character just to prove that Mugi is really popular. Um, but I do know that her story is going to be built on. So I'm more patient with her this time around than I was when I read the manga.
2: So I read the manga and Mocha was my fave. Um, I just <laughs> want to say, Amelia, you and me, like, if I love a character, you're going to hate them.
0: <laughs> this is almost definitely true. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I'm,
1: I'm curious, because I've seen people tweeting about her, and um, she definitely seems like a very divisive character. Um, I I actually, personally, don't have stronger feelings, strong feelings about her quite yet. Um, you know, I have interesting feelings about her development, just from, like, um, a, a profession, like, someone who works with children professionally, and, like they told her she looked like a princess and it resonated with her so hard that she like completely changed her behavior just to be perceived as more princess-like um so i thought that was very um that was really interesting um like she stopped playing with boys she just started she wanted to be a princess so she started acting like this caricature of what she thought a princess should be and um like I have I have uh strong personal feelings about uh people calling their little girl their little girl's princess um you know and it's uh seeing how preschools have sort of worked with the popularity of princesses to sort of turn that into something empowering for little girls like uh, I've seen preschool programs that like talk about real life princesses and how they how hard they work and people write books about different kinds of princesses um, so in at least in childcare care in uh, one of the more progressive cities in the US there is a concerted effort because you're never going to stop little girls from liking princesses but there's a concerted effort to change the little girl's image of of what a princess is to make it empowering and so Mocha uh, took the concept of a princess and basically turned it into this um, very strictly very strictly feminine um, very strictly girly almost sort of like intentionally spoiled behavior um so that was sort of um an inter- like an an interesting thing from my perspective um, just the di- like the difference between um like she the way she acts is sort of the more classic uh interpretation of a princess versus um how The diplomat trying to yeah and and sort of like almost the damage that it did just hearing herself being called princess um, it just imprinted so strongly on her um, and I don't think it's really realistic like it's super realistic that it happened just like just like that but the names that you call little girls will affect their perception of themselves and thus um, how they behave and how they are expected to behave Um, So I thought that was really interesting just from a development
0: perspective. I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, we've got Akane, who in the most recent episode was shown to have had kind of a formative experience as a teenager. Where, I mean, spoilers for episode four, I guess. Is it four or five? We're up to now. Um, Mm -hmm. But she, she had this experience where she felt that she could take the, not the boyfriend, but she could... Attract the crush of one of her friends, and the experience of taking him and hurting her friend has stuck with her and become something that's just a natural behavior for her. So they seem to put a lot of weight on these kind of one-off experiences shaping someone's personality.
1: Right, and yeah, and that definitely does happen. Um, I think that's more believable with a with a teenager, um, who did something incredibly hurtful and had to deal with the consequences then a little girl who gets called something once and decides still well, this is who i am now
0: how do we all feel about akane because she's she's being set up a little bit cartoon villain at the moment uh, um.
3: <laughs> i i find it really strange that she is a teacher i just don't i feel like she is very uh I, she doesn't seem to like other people very much, and she really likes to hurt other people or at least just at a surprise this dynamic. <laughs> yeah. But let's uh, listen to the teacher now. <laughs> I guess I get it just seems weird to me that somebody who is the way she is would even consider teaching an option since it seems like she it just doesn't fit into like her personality type. but I guess maybe. I- It sounds like maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, I disagree.
0: I disagree with that. I think that the idea that she would take a position of power over rooms full of adolescents, I think that Mm -hmm. completely fits her personality. And I mean, just teaching in Japan is a very secure job. I've got many friends who've become English teachers in Japan, high school English teachers. And this is Japanese friends um, because they say it's really secure and they're kind of they're paid well and like maternity leave is good and things like that. So it's seen as quite a desirable job. So she'd be in this kind of plumb position, but also have this power to kind of manipulate, really easily manipulated people, which seems to suit her very well.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the latest episode, um, so which sounds like it's the one that really develops her character, but there are definitely people who get into teaching, um, and, you know, not necessarily consciously, um, but they get into teaching because... Um, they sort of see themselves like they like the idea of uh holding power over people um and being in a position of power that like uh is going to be a lot harder to take away from them because they are uh working with people who are uh who are um who have less power you know societally um, yeah quite
0: vulnerable so, people so
3: she's yeah. an umbrage is what you're saying
0: <laughs> oh no yeah, yeah maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah there are umbridges <laughs> in the
1: world um absolutely and they tend and they do tend to become um administrators uh <laughs> mm-hmm. sorry oh i
0: apologize
1: I c- to any school administrators out there I'm,
0: <laughs> well funny you should mention right. <laughs> funny you should mention problematic teachers because uh, number one yeah. in our recommendations list was interviews with monster girls yeah. how's everyone feeling about that right now uh
3: i i felt like episode five was better than four yeah i just watched agree. it
2: yep. yeah yeah what? absolutely I, I mean I'm still watching it, but I feel guiltier every time I recommend it. Yeah. Like I, I recommended it to a friend of mine who is um who identifies as transgender because I thought she would be able to get something very useful out of it and now I'm like
0: I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm
2: like Yeah, this is how I
0: see you. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Well, this is it, is it's set up with this big disability allegory at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely would have recommended it to to disabled friends who weren't mm-hmm. familiar with mm-hmm. anime based on that. And I'm so glad I didn't, because as the weeks yeah. go on, yeah, um, we sh- the girls become more, uh, what's the word? The girls become a bit more like invested in having romantic feelings for Takahashi Sensei. Which I really, is pretty normal, yeah, but I don't, what isn't normal is he does seem to encourage them. That's the yeah. issue, isn't it? It's not that they have crushes on their teacher. He treats them well, and he treats them well, not despite them being demis, but because they are demis. And they and know it, this. They, they know were like, this. oh, sensei always wants to talk to demichans. Mm-hmm. But they don't have the context that Sato sensei has, which is like the context of being... Kind of fetishized for that or exoticized and i feel like i wish she could see with kind of clearer eyes how the, the way takahashi is treating his students is right. like a, a bit of a problem and i wish but, she would talk to him about it but the only one who seems to do that so far is hikari's twin sister himari mm-hmm. and a, a teenager shouldn't be having that conversation with her, right. her sister's teacher
2: that was a great talk though it
0: was when... oh yeah
2: when twin sis was like, you just like her because she's a vampire.
1: Yeah, de- what Mari, by the way.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, I you. said that, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I just said twin sis because I yeah.
2: do not want to mispronounce <laughs> himari.
0: Yeah, so it's good that okay. she's having that conversation. And she's the star of next week's episode, so fingers crossed for something good there. But yeah. I have a horrible feeling it's just going to end with her having a crush on Takahashi Sensei because mm-hmm. that's been the pattern yeah, so far. Um,
1: like, I don't... You know, um, when I was in high school, like there was a teacher at our school who wasn't traditionally attractive, but he was, he was young. Like he had gotten, he started teaching when he was 20. Um, so he was young. Um, he was personable, He he's funny guy. Um, he was really involved with his students. So like half of my female classmates had a crush on him, even though he was like five foot four and, you know, like I said, not traditionally attractive um, but
2: and and that's so cool but like wouldn't we think like wow what a creep he is if he like he was like calling students in for private talks just the girls or i, I don't know. see yeah this is,
0: that's what it is it's like and that's he the problem treated, if he had treated all his students in this way that would be different as it is it's the equivalent of some white teacher inviting just the black students into his office to have a talk about why is their hair so curly or like what's it really like having skin that color? Like, that's what it's like. And he's time i stories. See this. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and, and just, yeah, tell me about how you feel about sex, 15 year old student. Like, it's just unacceptable.
1: Yeah, that conversation it, with Hikari was
0: like. He's had a couple now it, like it that. Was,
1: it was so like. It was so inappropriate, I was just, I was cringing the whole time, like, everything else was, like, borderline enough that I could kind of let it slide, but that conversation with Hikari was, like, just wi- wildly inappropriate.
0: And in the um, um, most recent episode, he has a moment with Yuki where he, he wants to take some of her frozen sweat to experiment on it.
3: Oh, yeah. um, I was really happy she just went, no way. <laughs> but she's like, no,
1: that's weird no... and that's really creepy. Yeah, Stop. exactly.
0: And she said, yeah. I'm not comfortable with that. And he said, Oh, you're so cold. What's wrong with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't do that, teachers out there. Don't ask to experiment on your students' sweat and then push them when they say no. So, well, at um, least she, yeah. like, Interviews a, monster a, is, has,
3: it, has it been a pl- implied that she has a crush on him yet?
0: Uh, there's been some mm. blushing, but there's been some blushing from all of them at some point. I wouldn't call it conclusive yet.
3: Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, she seemed to be the, the, the holdout, which uh, I, I liked that dynamic a little bit more.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I... Here, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I was really hoping that they'd use her character to talk about passing when you have mm-hmm. a disability. Um, because she can pass, and she tried to pass when she first came to, to the school, and that actually you know, caused her problems because she overheated and then had to tell people that she was a snow woman. But I mentioned that in the the premiere review and a commenter very rightly pointed out that passing as a disabled person can be a real hindrance. It can be a real disadvantage and it can have real social consequences when people feel that you don't deserve accommodations, for example, or when you feel the pressure to kind of represent disability in a particular way. Um so it becomes a bit more about optics and I think that would have been so fascinating to explore using the mm-hmm. snow woman and instead they've kind of brushed past that quite quickly and they're getting uh, to the sorry go ahead my boyfriend is disabled
1: um he's blind enough, like his vision is bad enough to interfere with his everyday life and he you know it can't be fixed with glasses um but like he can still like see well enough that most people don't notice. So like he does have like an invisible invisible disability. Um you know, and he he said that like passing has like some advantages but well, also some, some real disadvantages for him.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that they didn't really explore that with interviews with Monster Girls. I think they could have mm-hmm. done it with Hikari and with Yuki. Um but yeah, the longer the show goes on, the more it turns into it's got it's got Tones of harm yeah, at the moment. I mean, and we'll see how like that goes. Said, the
1: characters all having crushes on um, Takahashi doesn't doesn't bother me. It's just the the in, a, in the like yeah. Once again, neither. professionally, like the level of how how inappropriate this, this these discussions he's having with them just is really really uncomfortably and there's a really uncomfortable note of fetishization um in how he talks to them and how he treats them and it's definitely not helped by uh how there are no male demis represented in the series um yeah yeah, absolutely yo um my magic fix for how things could have been better is, uh, Sakye Sato sensei uh, being more of a mentor character or at least, you know, being sympathetic. Yes. Like even if she can't offer them solutions necessarily, she understands, uh, somewhat what they're going through. Um, you know, she has, a perspective rather than being a spectator um but they very specifically wrote her as not really uh being comfortable dealing with her own deminess. so takahashi gets to be a mentor to her too isn't that great
0: uh. and the way they actually dealt with sato sensei in her episode was so good I mean, yeah. I imagine most women especially would have watched that episode and gone, oh, yes, absolutely. <sighs> that is exactly right. That, you know, what I have to think about what I wear when I go out in public mm-hmm. and I have to really consider what messages I'm sending out because it might be, I mean, in her case, it's kind of magical, but it's rooted in a really real yeah, everyday and, you know, situation. Yeah, I was I think. um,
1: thinking about it and like her condition is almost comparable to having like some sort of like, mental disability like some sort of anxiety disorder like she just can't if you turn it internal instead of external um, like she just cannot be like deal with the crowds um, she can't deal with living in an apartment um, you can even extend it to her being particularly traumatized by men and not being comfortable around men um, you know so like there's a lot of real like applications to her perspective um so yeah it's too bad it's just like oh i don't know i don't i don't understand how to sort of cope with this other than these uh mechanisms that i've come up with and Takahashi's going to come in and help me realize my true worth
0: okay i think that's about all we have time for oh, today to thank you so much guys for doing this um sure. <laughs> hmm. let's okay this okay this podcast has been an experiment it's still very much a trial so if we get feedback that people want to hear more from us and that they would like us to go into detail for example do a deep dive into Dakugo one episode and maybe look at different anime in a different episode talk about different topics it would be great to know that and we're really open to feedback, I think. We'd like to know, first of all, if people want us to continue and how often they'd like to hear from us and how uh, you'd like for us to address different topics. So please give us feedback at www.animefeminist.com or on Twitter at animefeminist or Facebook, www.facebook.com animefem. And we do have a Patreon, Uh, in the last month we've provided a feminist premiere guide, we've reported on unethical practices in a major anime site, and we've challenged simulcast services on keeping problematic translations unedited. We can only do this because we're funded 100% by readers, we have no conflicts of interest, we have no commercial obligations. So if you support the work we're doing, if you believe in it and would like us to continue, and you can spare one dollar a month. It really does add up. So please go to www.patreon.com/animefeminist and send us a dollar a month to continue this work. So thank you so much to Caitlin, Lauren, and Peter for this experimental first podcast episode. And please let us know if you'd like to hear more.